It ought not be lost on anybody that the former chief of staff of the Air Force is sitting with Billy Mitchell. <laughs> no relation. Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, General Dave Goldfein shares why he chose to join Google after an illustrious military career and how the defense sector is transforming to keep pace with innovative adversaries. It's Tuesday, January 30th, 2024. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast, where you'll hear the latest news and trends facing government leaders. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. In a new disclosure, the Department of Justice has revealed that the FBI is using Amazon's recognition, an image and video analysis software that has sparked controversy for its facial recognition capabilities. In response to questions from FedScoop, neither Amazon nor the DOJ clarified whether the FBI had access to or is using facial recognition technology specifically through this work. But the disclosure is notable given that Amazon had previously announced a moratorium on police use of recognition. The description on the disclosure does not mention the term facial recognition, but states that the agency is working on customizing the tool to review and identify items containing nudity, weapons, explosives, and other identifying information. In a statement to FedScoop, Amazon said it imposed a moratorium on police departments' use of Amazon Recognition's face comparison feature in connection with criminal investigations in June 2020, and to suggest that it had relaxed the moratorium is false. Amazon continued saying recognition is an image and video analysis service that has many non-facial analysis and comparison features and that nothing in the Department of Justice's disclosure indicates that the FBI is violating the moratorium in any way. The DOJ also gave a statement to FedScoop but did not address several aspects of the work with Amazon, including questions about whether the FBI had put any limits on the use of its technology, the purpose of the nudity detection, or the extent to which the law enforcement agency could access facial recognition through the work discussed in the disclosure. Through the DOJ, the FBI declined to comment. In other news, the Department of Commerce issued a proposed rule Monday to protect cloud services from foreign cyber threats to national security and artificial intelligence by creating requirements for cloud infrastructure providers. Under the proposed regulation, cloud infrastructure as a service providers and foreign resellers of their products would have to verify foreign users' identities in an effort to make it easier for the U.S. government to track malicious cyber actors. IAAS or IAS providers would also have to submit reports, including information such as the customer's name, address, phone number, and IP address whenever a foreign person transacts with them to train large AI models with potential capabilities that could be used in malicious cyber-enabled activity, according to the proposed rule, which was posted on the Federal Register. You can read more about these stories and much more at fedscoop.com. Last week, Scoop News Group partnered with Google Public Sector to host the Google Defense Forum. The tremendous lineup of defense officials representing the Pentagon, a variety of military services, and other defense agencies kicked off with a fireside chat between myself and retired four-star General Dave Goldfein, who served as the chief of the staff of the Department of the Air Force until 2020, culminating a 37-year career in the U.S. military. Now the chairman of the board for Google Public Sector, Goldfein shared during our conversation why he decided to join Google, how the defense technology landscape is changing, and the technologies he's most excited about that are transforming the Department of Defense. 
It's a major honor and pleasure to sit down with you today. Um, you have an illustrious career. You know, you are a, a retired four-star general. You, the 21st Chief of Staff for the Air Force, uh, spent nearly 40 years uh, in, in active duty in service in the military. So it's an honor to, to sit down with you and hear about that um, and, and learn more about that and, and sort of what brought you to Google, because that's not a traditional landing space. Um, and, and so would love to start there. Um, you know, you served in the Air Force during quite a pivotal time, but um, now you're spending your time as the chair of the board at Google. So um, what drew you to do, join Google, and what do you think Google can do for government, particularly the defense space? Thanks, and uh, it ought not be lost on anybody that the former chief of staff of the Air Force is sitting with Billy Mitchell. <laughs> no relation. So let me share you with two formative experiences I had that led me to, you know, joining Google in this position. So first was, you know, I was a, I was a commander in the Middle East for two years, and my primary responsibility as the air and space component commander for Central Command was to defend the Arabian Gulf, and that was to defend the Arabian Gulf from an adversary to the north that had a, you know, lots of air and missiles that they could use to attack. And to do this job, I was given assets, not only from every service, I had Aegis cruisers from the Navy, I had submarines, I had aircraft carriers, I had air wings, I had wings from the Marine Corps, I had Patriot batteries, I had special forces, I had every service, every country actually contributed fighter aircraft that were on alert. And I remember standing you know, on the catwalk of my most sophisticated headquarters on the planet at Al Udeed in Qatar. And I've got standing next to me the commander at the time, General Jim Mattis. And I said, well, boss, let me tell you what I've learned. There ain't no I in IAMD. There's no integrated in integrated air missile defense. Because let me tell you something. That Navy cell doesn't share information with the space cell. And the space cell doesn't share information with the combat search and rescue cell. And, and, and the reason is not that they don't want to share information, is that we built these systems with proprietary data, not operating on a common system. And so the only thing we have to connect them all together is this thing that ought to be a four-letter word called uh, a, a, a gateway, right? Which is slow, right, cumbersome, very expensive. And that led to my passion for what became Join all domain command and control, JADC2. How do you connect together platforms, sensors, weapons, people, allies, so that you can operate simultaneously from all domains and do it in a way that the adversary can't match? That was experience number one. Experience number two was coming to a forum somewhat like this at Hoover, a track two uh, at Hoover uh, Institute at Stanford, and I was on a panel with Karan Batia from Google. And they asked me, they said, uh, so chief, why are you out here? And this is this panel to discuss, you know, a relationship between Defense Department and Silicon Valley. And I looked at Karan and I said, well, you know, we have something in common. I'm the only service chief that can claim to, be part, to, to lead a garage startup. <laughs> and he said, what, what are you talking about? He goes, I said, well, you know, you got Larry and Sergey. I got Orville and Wilbur, <laughs> you know? Two bicycle mechanics tinkering in a garage. The rest is history. I said, but let me tell you the real story. I happened to be chief of a 
hardware company, but my future is in software. And the currency of future warfare is not weapons and sensors and platforms, it's data. Mm -hmm. And I can't take my servers where it needs to go without Silicon Valley. And so when I joined Google, it was to advance on the outside what I was passionate about on the inside. Great story and a great way to start the conversation. And I think that element of data and software will kind of drive a lot of the conversations we have today. But curious to just can continue to expand upon that partnership and your new role with Google. What's different about Google's approach? Is it that data-driven nature? And how might they, Google itself and Google public sector be a different kind of transformation partner to the DOD? Yeah, so that first conversation I had with uh, Thomas Curian, the CEO of Google Cloud, and we talked about me coming into this position and helping to build this incredible board uh, for this incredible company. And he said, you know, Dave, he said, uh, you know, uh, Google is not the first to the cloud, and it's not the biggest, but we're the fastest moving and we're most, most adaptable to customer needs. I've thought a lot about that. And I found since I joined that it to be absolutely true. And when I was you know, in the Department of Defense and uh, one of my teammates was Josh Marcuse, who is here today, right, Josh? You know, we, we developed this framework to think about how could, we, how could we articulate to industry and to teammates what we were really after. And the, and the framework that we came up with was connect, share, and learn. Everything we procure in the future first has got to connect across a common architecture. It's got to be able to share data, information, not only across architecture, but across allies and partners and get through some of the security issues that are keeping us from operating most effectively. And it's got to learn. It's got to learn at a speed of relevance. I did an unscientific survey as chief and asked the question, how many airmen do I have staring at screens looking for something of interest. And my unscientific result was about 80,000. Now you start matching that against others, right? And they were doing quite, off, quite frankly what machines can do better, which is to find something of interest and then have humans act on it. Because if we're trying to connect and share and learn, right, uh, the essence of Google as an AI company, you'll find that those three elements in every product I've seen since I've joined the team and now helping you know, Karen Dehut and the team go forward. So uh, it's, it's not only central to everything we do, but it's central to what I believe the department needs. We'll get a bit more into some of those tech-oriented, the, the things you're excited about that Google can offer. But before we get there, you know, um, one of the things I did want to ask is, you know, some have questioned in the past Google's commitment to defense uh, in the defense market, and what are your thoughts on that, having seen that from the inside and now being a part of the board from the outside? So when I went out to, uh, to Silicon Valley and did the session at Hoover, and then I went out and talked to all the different companies that were out there, I, I came back, you know, thinking, you know, I think we're talking past each other. You know, at the time, you know, we, we were very much in the language of D's, right? We were talking, everything we talked about as a Department of Defense was lethality, right? Defeat, destroy, deny, degrade, disembowel. I mean, we were in, I mean, 
you know, everything was these, you know, lethal words, right? And, you know, if you're in the military, that's what, oh, look, you know, that's what we're trained to do is to fight and win, you know, our nation's battles and, and arm the Secretary of State with credible options so that, you know, he or she can negotiate to a better place, right? So it's not surprising. But if you're a tech worker, you know, who joined a company to save the world, right, to make data available and, and to, to solve some of the biggest challenges we have, not only in the U.S., but globally, hey, you didn't really expect your, your technology to be in the D-board business. So we changed the dialogue. And I talked to several of the CEOs and COOs of Silicon Valley and I said, hey, I'd like to start a prisoner exchange. <laughs> so you have young tech workers. Let's change the language from D to P. Let's start talking about protection of the American people. Let's start talking about projecting what is good and right in America. Let's change the language. Because when we start talking about patriotism, there's immediate common ground. Let's change the language. And I, I have the academy that's west of the Mississippi. And when we stand on Pikes Peak, we can see Silicon Valley, sort of. <laughs> How about you send me tech workers? I'll send you very smart, young academy students and graduates, and let's tie the dialogues together because we're really here for the same reason. And that, I'm proud to say that's, that is still going on across all the services. So let there be no question in anybody's mind that Google is serious about providing what it, the essence of Google, which is brilliant engineering talent that is unleashed to provide creative solutions. It's what Google does. And I can tell you that when I was being interviewed, I was interviewing them because I wanted to be part of somebody who was serious about the business of bringing Google solutions to the government. And when you look at the board that we've built, that just maybe gives you one little snippet of just how serious we are, right? We got a former governor, Steve Bullock, from Montana on the board. We have a former, a current university president, twice, former congresswoman, 10 years, former secretary of the Air Force, Heather Wilson, on the board. We got the former chief technical officer for uh, intelligence agencies, Don Myricks. We've got the former commander of Special Operations Command, who's here today, General Tony Thomas. We got the former Surgeon General on the Joint Staff who was responsible for the nation's response to Ebola in Africa, Lieutenant General Nadia West, who's here today. We're serious about this business, and we can't wait to partner with you going forward. That's great, and I, you know, I'm sure it helps that you're the one sharing it all. And once you put that flag post down, People are going to come. It's build the field. They'll come to it, um, which is really exciting. And you know, we were talking about the the technologies. You you mentioned the data at the top of the conversation. Uh, you you alluded to some of the automation that um, you know you needed airmen to be spending more of their time on high value things and automating those lower level tasks. But what are some of the technologies that? Google is working on today that you're most excited about that could have a potential to transform the defense mission? 
You know, you know, we talk a lot about joint and combined operations, all domain operations. Well, that sounds good. <laughs> Let me tell you, having done it, it's really hard. It's really hard. You know, when, when I was in Desert Storm as a young F-16 fighter pilot, all combat was sequential, and that's how we trained, right? Because first we went in and had an air threat, we had to defeat that, then we went in and defeated other threats, and then we eventually rolled in, had ground operations, and it was all sequential. And it was all, in many ways, sort of single domain because we had to deal with it one domain at a time. What I think Google, with AI, with the kind of technology that we're bringing to bear, is gonna truly allow us to be the best in the world at all domain operations uh, with joint teammates and allies and partners. And I can say, it's, it, is, it is not easy. It is really hard to do that. So you think about now simultaneous operations. So now if you're a young airman, I see Brienne brought some of her folks here. It's great to see you again. Uh, and thank you for bringing some of your young officers for professional development. Um, so you think about, uh, Brienne now takes her folks and they deploy somewhere. You think we're gonna get six months to do build up forces over a long period of time with nobody attacking our logistics train? Do we really think that an adversary in the future is gonna not attack our command and control systems at the, at the opening stage? Do we not think that we're gonna lose some capabilities, right? I used to say that my worry as chief was never having the screens go blank. We train for that. The hardest part is when the screens are working and I no longer trust the data. That's a tough one. How do you train for that? Let me tell you something. We're spending a lot of time thinking about that. And the solutions I'm seeing come up in Google with the brilliant engineers that, that Google has in GPS, in cloud, that excites me. Because I'll never forget the moment in my cockpit as a young captain, never been to combat, in that, you know, by the way, in every soldier, sailor, airman, marine that ever goes into combat for the first time asks the same question. How am I gonna do? When I face the enemy for the first time, am I ready? How am I gonna do? Have I been trained for this? So we go in on day one and, you know, our, thank God our flight lead is a, you know, guy that had time in Vietnam. The rest of us, all green. And he's talking like it's a walk in the park. There's AAA right two o'clock, you know, and we're looking at anti-aircraft artillery, all of us for the first time. And he says, all right, surface air missiles, left 10, and they're telephone poles launched at the formation, exploding in the air. And then I see, I hear splash, MiG-29. I see an Iraqi MiG-29 hit the desert floor. And I remember that moment to this day. And what I remember is the confidence in my cockpit because I had been trained for this. Everything I was seeing, everything I was witnessing, everything I was doing, I had seen at Nellis Air Force Base at an exercise called Red Flag. The Vietnam generation trained me and my teammates for what we faced in Desert Storm. Our job is to train my kids and grandkids, our kids and grandkids, for what's coming next. And Google and AI is all over that. That's fantastic. 
Um, you know, we're quickly running out of time, but I did want to insert a, a quick question about cybersecurity. It's clearly a top priority for the Defense Department. We see a lot going on around uh, the zero trust space. And uh, all that said, we continue to see attacks and attempted attacks from some of our main competitors like China and Russia. So um, what can the government do to better protect itself and how can Google play a role in that? Well, first of all, it can align with Google. And I don't say that that's not flippant. Let me tell you why. So one of the positions I, I have in my portfolio is I'm a senior advisor to Blackstone. And one of the CEOs I met at Blackstone, a company owned by Blackstone at the time, was a company called Mandiant. And it was started by this guy named Kevin Mandia. And I was advising him. And then on the, I'm, I'm, on the day of my interview with Sundar Pakai, I'm looking at my news feed, and it's announced that Google has just bought Mandiant. Let me tell you, if you've ever spent time with Kevin Mandia, he is a national treasure. So zero trust is in, it's, it's, it's part of everything Google does. It's part of every product, right? And something Kevin said that really resonated with me, he said, you know, right now, the cost curve is, it, it, it is the advantage is to the attacker. It's a heck of a lot more expensive to defend than it is to attack in cyber and other areas. He said, AI will change that. AI, machine learning, is going to allow us to be able to uh, stop attackers as they start, learn their techniques, and put in the mechanism. He goes, it's going it's, it's to be, and this is his prediction, he goes, it's going to be cheaper to defend than attack. That's huge. That's exciting. So as we close out General Goldfein, um, you know, you've given us a lot of great insight from your time inside and how you've kind of made your way to the outside and how you're blending that. But any closing thoughts you'd like to share with the audience here today? Um, more than anything, I will tell you that, you know, my experience with this company is the true essence of Google. Hire the most brilliant, talented engineers. Unleash them on the toughest problems in government is working. And remember, we tend to talk defense as a D word, and we focus on defense as in combat activity, and I've been, been guilty of talking about that. But remember, we do a lot more. You do a lot more in the Defense Department than go to war. When you have a humanitarian disaster somewhere in the world, who responds first when there's a tsunami, right? When you have, you know, other activities going on, when it's time to project forward what's good and right about America and our values, it's the Department of Defense that often is the leading teammate in our interagency. The fact that Google can be part of bringing solutions to bear is really exciting, and I couldn't be prouder to be part of the team. Well, General Goldfein, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, it's a fantastic way, I think, to start today's conversation. A lot of the themes you spoke about, and we'll hear, hear about more throughout the day, but wanted to thank you so much for your time. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank you all. Thank you. You can learn more about transformation in the defense sector at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. 
The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put the show together and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll be back Thursday with a brand new episode. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.